You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 302. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Sklar. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You have reached another Local Maximum. Today, I am joined once again by Aaron for three shows in a row. How you doing, Aaron? I'm, I'm doing well. It's uh, fun to be doing this face-to-face again. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, I never got to do it face-to-face before I knew I moved to New Hampshire. But after I left New Hampshire, it's kind of nice to be able to uh, come back because now I've got business up here. Of course, we're not in New Hampshire, but you know what I mean. Close enough. Yeah. All right. So um, wh- uh, we're going to talk about the uh, the tech retreat, which happened over the last weekend. Um, very exciting tech retreat. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the tech retreat for um, for a little bit. First of all, this is the eighth local maximum tech retreat that uh, we've ever done. What's correct? the proper terminology? It's, it's the eighth uh, pentaquarterly pentaquarterly uh, retreat. Yes, uh, every five quarters. Um, it, it it's it's you know you can be think of it, you can think of it as annually. I often. Um, so does it really mean it's been forty quarters? Yes, I often denote it by by year uh, because now some years, of course, we're going to skip. We're going to skip twenty twenty four because uh, you know if it's Q four of twenty twenty three, five quarters after that is Q one of of twenty twenty five. So it's actually the reason why I do that is because it's kind of nice to have something that's like a little bit less than annual. I feel like if it were every year. Uh, as I live longer and longer and have done more multi-year projects, I feel like something that you try to do annually often falls apart at some point. I don't know why that is, uh, but it's sort of helpful if something kind of migrates between the seasons and uh, and and gives you a little extra time. I, I don't know. I don't know why that is, but also it helps us make like 10-year predictions, five-year predictions, and then two-and-a-half-year predictions, and then one-and-a-quarter-year predictions. So kind of um, when we're doing predictions, uh, we didn't even get to the fact that predictions are a big part of this retreat, (laughs) but um, making predictions for the future and looking at our predictions from the past are a big part of this retreat. And so uh, that kind of gives us nice numbers to to kind of work with to get that five and 10-year. So so I assumed you were going to to comment that it it helps things to rotate around the calendar, which for those of yes. you who uh, joined us for the discussion of the constitutional amendment, uh, we'll, we'll see a, a little Easter egg in there in that uh, the the terms of the uh, executive council members uh, are, are in a similar uh, rotating fashion. Uh, Actually, I'm going to look at what, what I'm, I'm trying to look at. 14 months, right? Uh, yes. I'm going to try to look up what, uh, what episode that what was. What episode that was, exactly. Um, well, so, but I was, I was two ninety five. I was curious uh, if you were going to to uh, explain why you chose to do it by making it longer than a year, because you could have had a similar effect by making the uh, frequency slightly less than a year. Yeah, that's true. But it's I I feel like uh, annual is already too frequent. Yeah, so, sometimes so, less is more. Yeah, so um, so uh, extra annual, I think, is the term. Uh, might be uh, might be less frequent, which is good. So, so uh, those who are not looking at our show notes might not see this serendipitous moment. But, but you just pasted in the uh, the link to uh, the episode on one of the episodes on the the constitutional amendment. Yeah, uh, and and with the way that it uh, cuts off the the end of the line here, uh, it, it looks as if the total is <laughs> rewriting the constitution. Did the founders screw you? Uh, <laughs> it, it is. It indeed says screw up the Senate, but. Uh, I, I think it uh, it might hit the point a little bit more on the nose. <laughs> That's very interesting. Um, okay, so a little bit more about this retreat. Another uh, th- so first of all, it started in 2015 uh, before there was a no, local no, no, no. maximum. Not 2015. The was the the retreat. Oh, God. Yes. No, I, that is one of the times rare times that I did not switch <laughs> up the year. It was 20. Why? What did you think uh, it was? I, I, 2015 doesn't seem that long ago. Because- uh, yeah, Trump it is. was only elected in 2016. I guess, depending on what mood you're in, that either either seems like it just happened or it was forever ago. No, anyway. uh, well, 2015, January of 2015, it occurred, or February maybe, feels like a real long time ago. Um, <laughs> mainly because, yes, you're right, it was, um, Trump wasn't even in the picture yet. So politically, that whole thing hadn't started. Um, 
we hadn't we were kind of in the midst of that woke cultural revolution but we didn't really realize it yet you know it had it was literally a few months after the whole Yale Halloween costume thing mm. um and i was still working on the consumer app at foursquare so i you know i, I it, it just seems like a, a very long time ago um and it is it's it's like nearly a decade ago um so Really, I was trying to figure out my future, like my career a little bit, and I kind of invited you all to a retreat to help me figure it out, and you guys considered a vacation. Um, and so it was my friend Ben Jebo's cabin upstate, which he no longer has. That kind of sucked. So uh, that was in the Catskills, and it was 10 degrees below freezing. Um, I'm sure you remember that. I do. I, uh, I remember the, uh, I, I believe the toilet froze. Yeah, the, the toilet. Good thing we were only there for, for one not overnight. Um and um, and also, uh, uh, that was you know that was like five, five that was like four guys like like a few friends out there so that was that was a little easier to take care of now everyone kind of makes their own arrangements um, but uh, no I remember the like the heat didn't go into the kitchen so in the kitchen the stuff froze faster outside the freezer than inside the freezer even though the freezer was running. Um, so that was, that was, or, or was the freezer not running? I don't know. Maybe the freezer was not running. Uh, and that's why it was just make, keeping it slightly warmer than negative 10, but that was, that was crazy. Um, so, and I think my idea back then was that a cold day where you're kind of isolated is a, is a good, is a good time to brainstorm because that one, I did a lot of like, I basically made notebooks for everyone. We had no internet access, and yes. I basically did a bunch of tech talks on... I, I don't know if you realized ahead of time, but I, yeah. I don't think I realized how off the grid we were going to be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For that one, for that one. So which, this which, one... Which I think worked to our benefit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we haven't been able to duplicate that in any future retreat, uh, really. So well, I we... say the, the closest thing would be that, that the uh, this year's location uh, was was uh, in, in the same town as a, uh, a what, a 19th century uh, or... Or late 18th century uh, reenactment village. Oh uh, yeah. Al- although the original retreat uh, felt like we we may have been thrust back in time a little bit ourselves. Right. So uh, yes, because the, the original was the old barn. This one we did it in, and so the the previous two years we've done it in New Hampshire. Uh, this time we did it in Sturbridge Village, Massachusetts, because we had people coming from both New Hampshire and Connecticut and New York. Sturbridge Village is a very centrally located town for new for new england so if if new england were to become its own country i think i would nominate <laughs> sturbridge village as the capital um but uh sturbridge village is right on the border between massachusetts and connecticut and it it's it's like an old well it has old sturbridge village which is what an 1830s town and i was there on sunday uh, most people couldn't make it, but a bunch of us did. And it, first of all, it was a really nice day to go in, in the fall. And, uh, you know, we went to what the blacksmith and the, uh, and saw the, the sheep and stuff and people and uh, women dressed in bonnets and what, so like basically, um, uh, life in the 1830s. And we got into a discussion of, uh, you know, once we met all the people with their different jobs, well, what job would you want in that time? Ooh. And, uh, you know, s- some of us were like, I-, I don't know, maybe I'll be the preacher. Uh, <laughs> uh, the blacksmith uh, sounds okay, but, you know, eh, I don't know. It's kind of hot in there. You get burned. I-, I-, I, don't- I don't think I like that one. Um, I, uh, it- yes, it was-, it was hard to say. Um, but, um, yeah, no, no, very fun. And it was actually a very good place to, to do the retreat. We, we did it in the uh, – uh, in- in the- in in the Hampton Inn, in the hotel there, uh, just in the, in their lobby, uh, which ended up working out really well. I was a little nervous about it, but uh, nine people, so I think it worked pretty well. So we got into a lot of – we discussed the Constitution. We discussed NewMap.ai. Uh, we discussed our careers. Uh, but Was, was um, there anything we discussed that has not appeared on a, a previous episode in one form or another? Um, I think so. Um, maybe the longevity discussion. Yeah, I guess we haven't really uh, addressed that directly, and and, yeah. and that was only tangential, but uh, it was it was kind of an interesting thread uh, that that could potentially tie into a lot of other things. Yeah, I I would definitely be open to talking about longevity uh, on the show. Well, and and you, uh, I, I believe you know several people who are uh, very involved in that field. Yeah, but I'm having trouble getting someone who is uh, interested in coming on the podcast. Ah, 
Um, so, um, yeah, and we have discovered, we have started to talk about kind of the more philosophical rather than science, because the uh, the people who are into the, the scientific portion of it are like, you better work on this problem, because if you don't fix it, you will die. Um, whereas... The philosophical portion is interesting to me because I talked about the nature of consciousness and how we can't figure it out. And I've gone down the rabbit holes of near-death experiences and all that. And um, you know, what, uh, what, what evidence is actually out there um, for you know, what this whole uh, conscious experience is? Also, when I, I read you know, Donald Hoffman, um, you know, uh, uh, the, uh, oh, what was the name of his book? Um, was this the one about how we have case, no free will? The Case Against Reality. No, it's not quite about free will. It's about how everything that we see and sense, um, in his view, is not actually real <laughs> in a sense. But I think is, that is this Plato's cave on steroids. Um, I think that it, it, there's a whole book, but I think that is one of. I, yes, I think that's basically that, that's one part of the of argument. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's part of it. I think the idea is that. You know, our perceptions are shaped by evolution. So I don't really know why he says we have a dis, not a, a dis, he rejects the notion. Like I would say, okay, we have a, a partial or distorted view of reality. Um, or, you know, maybe color is not inherent, but it's based on wavelength. So it's like, it's a function of reality is what I would say. Uh, but the way he puts it is it's, it's just, uh, it's not reality. So I'm, I'm kind of, there's kind of a semantic thing where I'm, hmm. I'm not quite on the same page here, but it is very interesting how maybe 3D space doesn't exist. Um, and everything that we see is just an icon to help us, you know, survive and thrive. But I kind of feel like, and, you know, and, and, and that's what particles are. But, you know, I, um, uh, you know, the fact that we discovered particles, uh, he analogized it to discovering pixels on a, uh, on our monitor and thinking, oh, I've discovered the nature of reality that I discovered the pixels on my monitor uh, when really that's, that's, that's not what's going on. Well, I, I would love to dig into that more, um, yeah. p- particularly the, uh, the, the question of, uh, okay, if so, how do we make use of that information? Uh, right. but, but we have another topic to discuss <laughs> yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I'm going down a rabbit hole. But hey, it's good to figure out, uh, at least so long as it's interesting, it's good to figure out new, new things we can talk about here in the local maximum. Uh, so we're going to talk about some past predictions that have come due and predictions for the future. The timeline for the predictions are... Uh, one and a quarter year, two and a half year, five year, 10 year, 20 year, 40 years. Um, our topics this time around were, and this was chosen by the group. It should be chosen beforehand, we discussed, but we, we chose it then and there. Um, our data AI fintech, uh, that's one. That was basically for me and uh, someone else to be able to talk about our own studies and jobs, social and media, because we kind of figured out that social media is sort of old news. But one of the interesting things about this was people are still interested in in social media and its future. Um, uh, War and politics, no doubt, because of the recent developments in the Middle East, Uh, medicine and longevity, because we had some people there who were interested in that. And we had our miscellaneous um, one that was optimism and pessimism, where I said you had to put a plus or minus uh, in front of your in front of your prediction. Um, my friend Nick always has a lot of minuses <laughs> and everything that he has that's like every, he has some crazy negative minuses that are jokes, but anything that's like mildly minus from him almost always comes true, uh, which is very frustrating. I feel like they're negative pro- uh, prophecies. Um, okay, so we didn't have a lot of like super bold prediction. I, I'm trying to find the the predictions that are like, bold from the past that came true that, you know, that were sort of unlikely. Those are very, very hard to find. Did yeah. you, well, did you find any of those? I, I, I will note that this section is, is titled as uh, past predictions that have come due, not past predictions that have come true. Right. Right. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about the ones that we picked out and uh, then we can, um, and then we can move on from there. So uh, the first one you wrote, the Substack model continues to expand revenues um, um greater than the New York Times writers. This was from 2022 for 2023. So th- this was this was just a very uh, yeah, quick Yeah, one, one and a jump. quarter year yeah. uh, prediction. Because uh, I, I think at that point, uh, Substack was was kind of the new hotness, but it was also getting a lot of flack for uh, 
people referring to it as oh well that that's just a place full of you know right wing bigots and and uh, extremists uh and uh they they were anticipating its collapse uh so it it certainly has continued to grow um i don't have good numbers to compare uh what it's what it's uh you know writer revenue or or uh reader numbers look like compared to the new york times but i'll, I'll definitely take the win for uh, continuing to expand that it, 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 it seems to be like. growing both in terms of big name uh you know writers that are on it but also uh kind of expanding its tendrils to to a lot of smaller scale uh kind of utility players or or you know maybe not big money makers but people who are using the the features of the platform so it's 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 not just about celebrities, but but it continues to grow in in that dimension as well. So it, it feels it certainly feels like it, it's been growing. But what what like larger trends? Um, were you trying to get at a a larger trend here in that something about like you know uh, well, the, the, we don't like what the New York Times it, like? Okay, we could rat on the New York Times all day, but like, I, I think it, I think a big piece there, of it would be that that uh, writers are are there's an exodus of of key talent from. Uh, it used to be that the place you go if you are a a writer of of accomplished skill and mm-hmm. notoriety was you wrote for one of the big uh, big publications. Uh, so a New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or uh, I don't know the New Yorker, um, and and there are certainly people who do that still, uh, but it has become very much a viable alternative to go out on your own, uh, and either as you know e- either replacing uh, that that quote unquote you know mainstream. Uh, publication uh, journalism approach, uh, or in some cases supplementing it, that there are people who who work for uh, m- you know traditional public uh, news publications, but also have a sideline on on Substack uh, or or a similar structured uh, tool because there there have been some maybe not copycats, but but in the same vein, uh, and and that's how they they make their their real money because you, very few people are going to strike it rich, uh, you know, writing for for mainstream media, um, mm. um, um, unless you you roll that into uh, you know some some other big paid speaking gigs uh, on on the side, you also get more control uh, when you're in absolutely. Substance. And and uh, I don't know is is Barry Weiss and 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 uh, her ilk, or is she still on Substack or is she kind of gone off and done her own thing? But I don't. I think I, I know that that was that, a, that actually when you said like who that is, I I think I. I when I think Substack, I immediately think Barry Weiss. Yeah, so I mean, it it certainly seems that that was a big motivation for for quite a few of those people that that either they 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 were uh, run out of of the uh, the institutions they were working at, uh, or or they chose to leave because uh, they they didn't feel that they were able to continue doing the the work they wanted to do. So, what do you think? Uh, like, um, so if, uh, when I think about Substack, I also think about Medium. Like, what's the difference between the Substack and like a Medium think piece, uh, or, or Substack more for like is Medium? Medium feels like more of a blogging. I um, think I think a big piece of the difference is how they monetized. Um, that that Medium is still much more centrally controlled, uh, and and I think Medium took a much heavier uh, editorial hand in things. Hmm. Um, and I'm trying to remember now if it was pre-pandemic or if it was in the early days of the pandemic that they made that that shift. But uh, it, it is not a place that that I I I used to go to Medium and look for stuff to read. I never do that anymore. I will occasionally end up on Medium because I've been sent a link to something that I'm interested in reading, and it happens that it's hosted there. But but yeah, I don't I, I don't go there to seek out interesting uh, ideas like I did at at one point in the earlier you know. Either early 2020s or, or it may have been in the late 20 teens. Right, right. Okay, so also in 2022, um, we had a lot of kind of pandemic normalcy predictions, which honestly, uh, w- or wait, wait, no, was this 2022 or was this 2021? Uh, okay, uh, it's better if it's 2021 because I was going to say uh, if the pandemic normalcy predictions were made in. 2022. Well, I, I know my next one noted there is from 2021. I'm not sure about the 
the general yeah. pandemic normality. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, and your Substack, your, your Substack prediction was also 2021. Okay, ah, so okay. I misspoke. So both of these were from 2021, which means that um, it was actually two and a half year predictions. Um, so which are a little, a, a little more, a little further. It's a, it's, it's a bolder take then. Yeah. Well, okay. I think um, predicting in the mid, so in 2021, we were kind of in the middle where like COVID was still the current thing. Um, and it's not too much of a stretch to hope that in two and a half years, this will no longer be the current thing. Uh, but it actually goes to some kind of a, um, cause I, I tend to measure, uh, you know, my, my career focus in two and a half year increments. I feel like something always switches over every two and a half years hmm. where you're like, okay, it's ve- like, you might feel you're doing the same thing that you're doing last year, but two and a half years, there's always like a, a new focus kind of kind of comes into view. And well, I feel and that way for a current thing as well. I feel like social, um, <laughs> well, what do you want to call it? Social moods or social panics or whatever, uh, do, you know, or, or even long media cycles. I know we live in, a, in an age when it feels like the media cycle could be 24 hours and then the next 24 hours we're thinking about something else. But some of these uh, long-term things, I really feel like, the the culture, uh, I, I feel like there is kind of that two and a half year sweet sweet spot where a certain uh, longer term narrative is harder to maintain, um, and so, uh, okay, it, it feels like that th- that's been true. But a lot of the pandemic norm- normality uh, 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 predictions uh, are are on like hard numbers, like we're talking real estate, travel, and that kind of thing. Now you pulled up something that aviation travel has not quite recovered. Is that true? Yeah. So, and, and I, I didn't do an exhaustive search here, but, uh, the stats that I, I did see, um, now, uh, they're, they're using a forecast for 2022, 2023. So, so I don't know if these numbers are accurate, but it, it was showing that, uh, we, we had not recovered, uh, in fact, that the, the forecast of 2023 numbers are equivalent to what is it like 2014 uh, yeah. numbers previously, so that there was still a setback there. I I, I would want to see uh, some some more uh, more recent data on that, but that was the best I could come up with on short notice. So it looks like it's not quite recovered there. Meanwhile, uh, on the cruise front, and and granted, uh, this only has actual data through 2022 with forecasts going forward, but they're showing that uh, as of 2023. Uh, the, the forecasted data has them above what the 2019 uh, n- number of cruise passengers uh, was. So, so it, it again, uh, some forecast data in there, but it looks like that is recovered even faster, um, which, which is a little surprising given how uh, centrally cruises played in the early COVID story. I know, and it seems they seemed so uh, like the scariest place to be. Uh, during a, yeah. I mean, a, an I, outbreak. I, I guess we know there was some resiliency there because uh, people have been catching, you know, was it you know, norovirus or, or whatever on cruises for, for decades. Uh, and, and that right. barely slows folks down. Oh, yeah. Norovirus, not, uh, not, not so much fun, I could say, from personal experience. <laughs> Didn't get on a cruise. So, so um, yeah, mi- mixed results there in terms of the recovery. Uh, but, but certainly the recovery trend is on. And I think that's, it's a little interesting that uh, when when we were talking about this in 2021, that we were putting those those benchmarks at the the two and a half year mark, not the one and a quarter year mark. Um, right, right. Um, yeah, because at that point we were like, <laughs> I mean, I think in 2020 we were already predicting for the one and the quarter that it's going to end, and we were like, well, that didn't happen. Yeah, so well, uh, there 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 was. Uh, I I won't call out who. Who uh, who made this prediction? Um, oh, where did it go here? We're going winter twenty twenty. Um, oh, here it is. Yeah. So uh, so so this was from from spring of twenty twenty one, but it was a a one and a half year prediction. So uh, coming due in the summer of twenty twenty two, and it said COVID variants will be with us permanently, much like the flu. Um, which uh, yeah, not wrong, and and I think that captures some of the short term pessimism, even though that's a a prediction for long that that. Uh, one would expect to hold true for for longer. Um, yeah, but here's, yeah, that, that's that's where 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 we were thinking at the time. Here's a, here's an interesting flashback to one of our 2020 predictions for one and a half years. Here's here's yours. Uh, I, I wrote you wrote uh, large companies have uh, publicly detailed 
disaster plans and stockpiles as part of their corporate reporting due to COVID experience. And I wrote several university closures hastened by the pandemic. Man, I wish some of these universities would be closed. <laughs> but uh, no, I, well, I feel like we were a little bit too in the I, deep, I bet there were the a few, days. but not any yeah. recognizable names that we we would know about. It, it's it's I, I think some of the... Uh, you know the the for profit universities that were maybe uh, on on shaky ground like a Trump U uh, are are most likely the ones that that bit it during the pandemic. Yeah, and instead of corporations and companies having a detailed de- detailed disaster plans, they seem to be intent on bringing on the disasters. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, well, I mean, yeah, corporate America has has gone in a very different direction than we than we expected there. All right. Well, um, <laughs> it just goes to show what <laughs> it goes to show how the what the I feel like future historians looking uh, looking back on the past are going to say, look, there were a lot of like butterfly effects type things that came from the, the lockdown um, or from the from the leak of the virus, um, you know, uh, in general. And we don't that that's kind of obvious in retrospect. It's just it's hard to predict where where all that goes. But hmm. We now we now have seen some some very strange effects. Like, um, uh, uh, well, I'm not even going to get into all of it just yet. Uh, but all right, so let's let's go down to the technology. Some, some right? consumer tech, yeah, yeah. Because now we're going to look at predictions from 2018, which was much more optimistic time. Um, in in um, I was going to say optimistic time in in our country's history, but it's not really our country. It's just a more optimistic time on on Earth. Uh, let's say um, for most places on Earth. Um, all right, I said in 2018 uh, that by fall 2023, Apple tries to come out with glasses slash visual displays style important. Uh, well. Style the style important is kind of always an Apple thing, so that we can um, put put out. I. Vision Pro uh, already announced comes out next year. So I think that is pretty spot on. It's not exactly what I expected because I was expecting something more along the lines of Google Glass where you walk around with it. I saw Google Glass in 2013. It looked so cool, but everybody hated it. I think it was the fact that it had a camera. Um, but uh, I, 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 you know, this was not a very bold prediction. It was, you know, we... And we at Foursquare were talking about well, the, these the, kind of things. The, the bold piece is not in predicting that Apple will do this. It's in trying to get the timing right. Because similarly, yeah. you, you can talk about Apple's going to do a TV or Apple's going to do a self-driving car. car and these yeah. are all things they're working on. But but figuring out if it'll actually come to market and, and when that will is, is the tricky bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how I got it spot on almost in, in five years. Also, it's not quite spot on because it's not out yet. Um, I, I think you get uh, significant credit given that the the major you know product r- reveal has happened already. Right. So we don't even know how it's going to do. Yeah. How, how often and and yeah, I, I don't know if this is a, a spot on question or not, but has Apple ever done like a, a product reveal like that and then not actually brought the product to market? Yeah. They. I I think they typically do that when they need developers to uh, write software mm. for it externally uh so that way they can um get some some third party no, 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 no. I, I don't mean that there's a delay i mean yeah. they, they do the big reveal and then they decide oh actually uh n- no we're not going to do it oh it's canceled um i can't think of an example yeah no, so i can't even think of an example I, of any i was gonna say the, the odds of it being vaporware i think are very low yeah. at this point no but. no no i don't think it's vaporware i think it exists but um but but we don't know how it's going to do in the marketplace um it could be yeah. something and, and, and i expect what they demoed is going to be very much look like what actually goes on sale that that we're not gonna it, it's it's not like they they did a proof of concept and it's it's going to be dramatically changed yeah. between now and then. i do think because it's apple and because they have a compelling demo they are going to get large number of people uh putting down a lot of money to buy this thing um and then but you know are they going to be able to maintain the uh uh, you know, maintain the momentum. Yeah. I actually think, and I could be wrong about this, but I think like a, a few years before the iPhone and the iPad, Apple was working on both of them. I think that the leadership, including Steve Jobs, thought the iPad was the bigger deal. Um, I could be wrong about that, but it it, it turned out to be not. It, the it's been deal. a while since I've read the uh, the, the biography, but yeah. uh, that that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. All right. 
I'll let you read your 2018. Yeah, so prediction. so so this is in a similar vein, uh, talking about uh, consumer technology, except uh, where where you had a uh, pretty much a bullseye. Uh, I, I uh, had a wide miss here. Uh, I, I said that uh, audio implants uh, will become uh, a common elective procedure. Now let me. So was the um, uh, was the AirPod? No, is it the AirPod? Uh, no, uh, the. Uh, what what's the thing that you put in your ear again? I don't even remember. Am I forgetting things? What's what's yeah? The, I, th- I think we're talking about. Earpods. You mean earbuds yeah, yeah, or no, or no, no, no the, the Apple AirPods? The, the Apple AirPods. Uh, yeah. I get them confused with the AirTag. Yeah. When oh, when did God. that come out? Was that already out in 2018? That's a good question. I've got to look that up. I think it may have been a little bit later than that, but right. I'm I I've yet to uh, to actually oh, use no. a pair. Okay, of them. they were announced in 2016. Okay, so so they'd been around for a while. Right. Um. Yeah. No. Nobody's. Uh, at least nobody, no significant number of people are uh, getting cyborg augmentations like that just yet. Okay, but I feel like I do, and I'll tell you why. Because I got this um, this thing that I put on when I sleep, and it feels like a headband, and it's like super comfortable, and it's got these like Bluetooth headphones, and I could put on, um, you know, I could put on music, I could put on brown noise, I could put on the radio, and for some reason it helps me sleep so well. Uh, I don't. I forgot what it's called, um, but it, it it it's almost it's not quite an implant, but it's almost <laughs> uh, it, it almost feels like a uh, it's certainly a wearable, um, and so I, I feel like a lot of these are um, quite common, and uh, I don't think we quite need an <laughs> implant uh, because that's a little bit invasive when what we already have. Yeah, I mean, well, there, there are people who are getting themselves chipped and putting you know, RFID tags in themselves to to do you know, some neat things, but, uh, that, that's, that's not quite the same as, uh, you know, a, a built-in audio device and, uh, and it's still very much outliers who are doing that. Yeah. I don't even want to read the next one. So, because a, I feel like an awful, awful person for making this prediction and B it's an awful prediction. No, no. I think you were being, uh, maybe naive, optimistic right. well I, I i thought that that trump would win the next election mainly because the economy economy was doing well and um at honestly mostly because we we've had a string of two-term presidents yeah. at that point um back so, to back yeah yeah and so i predicted um that the uh current tone that was um being uh that 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 was be, i think that was during the whole like russia um thing what was that the uh russia gate uh, right, right right so i wrote the democrats finally tone down the rhetoric on trump and they focus on economic issues in the next uh election or next in 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 in, in the next recession i wrote Talk, talk about economics issues and then, and then do well in the midterm election. So I'm talking about the 2022 uh, midterm election. Um, so, you know, I would think they would kind of revert the form to form and say, hey, let's just, um, you know, let's just uh, you know, uh, let's just nominate someone who exudes uh, competence uh, uh, and focus on the uh, the competence and the quality of our candidates. I I mean, <laughs> I don't think that has happened. Uh, but now I understand this more in the context of the fourth turning. Uh, in the fourth turning, uh, both parties are going to be angry and hysterical, and that is going to happen for the rest of the decade, apparently. We don't yeah. know exactly how long. Uh, and so it's going to be a You can't say a that. Cage. We're not even halfway done with the decade. Yeah, it's going to be a cage match. Well, it could end sooner. Uh, but it could also end later. Uh, but um, when you say it like that, now I'm worried that that the 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 current level of of uh, outrage and uh, and contention is is not going to end. That just the decade's going to end. It's going to end early. We're we're all going to end early. <laughs> what What do you mean we're all going to end early? Oh, just the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so so long as the world survives, according to Strauss Howe uh, theory. Uh, we will enter a first turning, which has its own problems, but it's a little bit less. Um, uh, it's a little bit less crazy. It's it's uh, includes uh, certain uh, you know American time periods such as the Gilded Age, uh, the 1950s, and the era of good feelings, um, which all had 
some problems associated with there there is no era in history that doesn't have problems associated with it but it's also not associated with um you know you know uh, i don't know total war or anything like that um now i hope that the the total war that 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 we have uh mostly remains rhetorical uh and so and and i have a little bit about that in in terms of what's going on in the world where it has not remained uh rhetorical uh but um anyway i hope i didn't i I hope i'm not rambling too much but does that make sense yeah yeah (laughs) well let's let's uh step out away from our past predictions and and look at some of the the new ones that we we formulated over the weekend uh and you know look looking forward uh and and uh i don't see what uh what the timelines we have on some of these are yeah yeah i think they are um so the Mastodon timeline. So the um, yeah, I should get. I, I should. Uh, I should pull that up. So why don't you read the uh, social media ones? Um, yeah. So so uh, we we had uh, two two predictions that were focused on uh, not just social media in general, but but particularly calling out Mastodon, um, which which I think we I don't know have we had a Mastodon dedicated episode? We've certainly talked about it. Well, before. well, certainly the episode called. Um, uh, certainly the episode uh, and let me put uh, decentralizing before our eyes. Right. Uh, yeah. So, so 153. I, I made the prediction that Mastodon will be replaced as the open alternative to Twitter slash X. Right. Um, and, and similar services. Uh, so it's, it, it by no means has, you know, a, a majority, but, but when people talk about uh, X Twitter alternatives, uh, that is, that is generally the, the first one that is that is mentioned uh it's uh but but i think uh having not capitalized on on some level of recognition and its openness uh that something else is going to come along uh and and scoop them as being the uh the alt twitter well we should call out blue sky which is um right yeah, I, have, I have no idea where where they are in terms of of adoption and and you know traffic and activity um they're 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 certainly one of the the other big names out there, right? Um, and and you know they certainly have uh, the at protocol, which is open. Yep. Um. So that that is that that is nice. Um. And then you have a bunch of Twitter clones out there, which is the non-open alternatives like Threads. Everybody said Instagram Threads is going to replace Twitter. I no longer have threads. I have not been solicited to go on threads. I have no interest in being on threads. Um, nothing against, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's nothing against anyone who's there or involved in it. It's not like the product is, it's honestly, it's very similar to Twitter. It's just, how do you bootstrap and get everyone? On? I, I'm not just going to use it because I'm like, oh, the software is nice. If there's no one on there, there's no one on there. <laughs> <laughs> or if there's nothing I want to see, or if it's hard to see what I want to see, so I I don't know why people thought that was going to uh, win. I've, honestly, one person that I want to read could be on there exclusively, and I would get it. But they they still hmm. have that. Um, I think because that person would then want to be on. Twitter well, right, yeah, well. I, I I don't know Rex. how many people are actually exclusively on any of these. Uh, yeah. It seems like there's a lot of cross posting, which is is kind of a nightmare to to track and follow. Uh. Well, one of the things I realized with all these apps, because I used to, you know, dive into all of them when I worked at Foursquare. You know, I remember when Google Plus came out, you know, I joined that, I, I dive into that. Um, anything that was an alternative to Foursquare, we tried that out. It was product research. But I realized uh, now that I'm not working there anymore, um, and, and, and now that everything seems to be a Twitter clone, um, I realized I really shouldn't be spending my time on X anyway. You know, it's all <laughs> it's all wasted time. So, um yeah, w- well, w- one of the things that I I, uh... I and actually hold on, I'm getting an idea <laughs> now that it's really late at night. Why not create a Twitter uh, where you're only getting uh, content that is not a waste of time? How do you, how do you define that? I don't know, but uh, uh, that that would be interesting. Well, we've we've talked in the past about uh, you know cu- custom curation filters of some sort. Yeah. But uh, so so one one of the the dangers that I see in in kind of that uh, maybe balkanized if 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 still you know cross posting world of of many social media alternatives um, it, the the there's a a little bit of a parallel in publishing um, I've I've heard mentioned recently that uh, you know Barnes and Noble is one of the 
the big players in the the brick and mortar print world. Um, and and I guess much, much like maybe the video game industry, uh, they've started doing exclusives. And not necessarily that like you can only get this book at Barnes and Noble, um, but uh, there's a special Barnes and Noble limited edition. Mm. Uh, and in some cases, you know, kind of like how on a on a DVD you can get you know special features. Uh, so uh, you know there there might be a a bonus short story or a bonus chapter that only comes in the Barnes and Noble edition. So if you buy it from uh, you know, Crazy Uncle Jeff's book online book emporium. You don't get that version, uh, mm. and that 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 makes sense from a uh, from from the Barnes and Noble perspective. But as a consumer, I really dislike that. Like, yeah. if 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 somebody if I don't want to have to 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 you know to to buy all the things to subscribe to all the services to be able to get a piece of information I'm looking for, or to, to even know if I'm missing it or not. Right. Um, yeah, so, that's a good point. So, so and, and, and that's where some of the the open alternatives might have a leg up there if if they can get their act together and, right. and get some some you know ad- adoption and cohesion of movement behind it. So so, so the, why do you think uh, Mastodon is um, not necessarily? I don't think you said doomed, but why do you predict I, that it's going to go down? And why do you think uh, I, I, someone else predicts that it will stay? They just haven't gotten critical mass. I yeah. mean, and and. And I haven't heard from but really. But neither has anyone else. Well, I, I haven't heard from anyone evangelizing them. Not since the very beginning, when it was like, "Well, Twitter is is in free fall. Everybody get out, and, well, and this is the obvious place to well, go." Well, that, that wasn't but, the beginning. The, well, I mean, the beginning was a long time ago. Remember, I was talking about Mastodon in January 2021, um, before it was cool. It was cool. When Twitter took over X and everyone said the world is falling, oh, well, and right. now, so, or, so sorry, that, Twitter took over X. Elon Musk took over. That X. was their their opportunity because there was a a, a moment of exodus and yeah. you could grab significant chunks of network effect. Uh, and and it seems like they they didn't capitalize on it, or if they did, the people who who made the jump because of of Macedon's somewhat you know. Uh, uh, Balkanized is too strong a term for it, but but the fact that you can kind of go into an instance and not interact with all the rest of it has has meant that the network effect of of that exodus hasn't really given them the boost that that they would have needed, and so so I think I I don't see them as doomed. I don't right. think they're gonna they're gonna disappear, but I don't think they're gonna grow to and and and, I, and it's ripe for somebody else to come along and and become the new not Twitter. Yeah, I think it's very difficult to replace Twitter with a Twitter-like service. Um, it's it's because of that network effect, and um, you know, I think that Mastodon, the whole everyone's moving to Mastodon meme, was a lie. It was never happening. I think what was happening was people, you well, know, people were, saying, were checking it out. Well, but no, nobody dove yes, in with both feet. But 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 not even that. I think it was just a meme put out because people were mad that. Um, Elon Musk was oh, you taking mean like over I'm going to move to Canada? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to move to Mastodon is the new. I'm going to move to Ma- uh, Canada. People were angry that Elon Musk was going to take over Twitter and that all of their shenanigans were not going to be allowed anymore. And that now, um, and so the, the and now Elon Musk is the guy to hate. And so we're all moving to Mastodon because Elon Musk was elected president of, of Twitter. <laughs> all right. And then they pretended to move to Mastodon for a while, but then lost interest. Other things came up and eventually they realized they had to go back to Twitter, except Twitter didn't exist, only X. So they're back on X, which is which is crazy. Like people, um, it, it, it's, it's amazing how... Um, and and it, it takes someone like Elon Musk. And by the way, uh, Mark Zuckerberg is, is the same way. And a lot of uh, these social media uh, CEOs and entrepreneurs are the same way. It, it t- sometimes to do the right thing, you have to get everyone mad at you and telling you that if you do what you are doing, you are going to fail and everything that you've built and the billions of dollars are all going to crash and burn. And sometimes that turns out to be the right thing to do. <laughs> Which is why Elon Musk is Elon Musk. Um, you know, I, I, it, it, it's hard to imagine that kind of uh, being under that kind of pressure and still going through with it anyway. I mean, now that I, I, I've seen these stories, I, I, I feel like I might be in that situation uh, one day. But it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting to think about. Uh, but um, yeah, well, so, that's so- what I think happened, honestly. So let's 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 put a bookend on, okay. on the Mastodon topic here because there there was uh, in contrast to my soft pessimism, uh, there there were uh, there was at least one other person who was uh, uh, 
seeing a bright future for Mastodon, uh, claiming that they're they're going to win by attrition, uh, and uh, large players are going to join the the Activity Pub network. Uh, so, uh, I I don't know if that was explicitly that that they will become they, they will they will continue to grow as the dominant alt X, uh, or if or if it was claiming that they're going to supersede X and they will become uh, the new. Uh, public square in terms of of you know social media micro blogging or whatever it is that we say that that x slash twitter does now um so i i i, I could see it going either way uh, i i i i don't know enough about really the underlying pieces of of mastodon to see why i should expect kind of a turnaround in in the current trajectory but but i i'd be interested to to keep an eye on that i'm surprised that um well, maybe I can add something on this. It's not like the, the it's not like the uh, the timing is closed. But like, uh, I'm surprised we haven't talked about Neuralink and the fact that we are. Mm. Uh, will that be able to broadcast your thoughts? Because that was the original idea behind tw- not the original, but I, kind of the original behind idea behind Twitter was you you broadcast your thoughts. This yeah, is what I'm having. Here's what I'm breakfast. thinking. Yeah, and you know, very early on in the development of Twitter, there was that South Park episode where um, who was it? Some actor was uh, some celebrity that they liked to lampoon was always sharing his thoughts. Um, I don't remember what. It, <laughs> why, why do I want to think it was like Alec Baldwin? Maybe uh, I, I think it was. Yeah. And <laughs> well, I, so, I, I I do know that in it, I remember. Uh, it, would literally, it would literally read your thoughts and, and and broadcast that. Will people do that? I don't know, but it, that might be a very prescient episode from South Park because I feel like a celebrity who has a very high opinion of themselves might actually do that. Well, I, I know when the, uh, the, the guys that do Penny Arcade, when one of them first got onto Twitter, that, that he got uh, very into it apparently. And so that there was a comic, uh, that, that showed, you know, two, two panels of him talking about it. And then the third panel, uh, is him in the bathroom, uh, tweeting out poop coming out now. Because <laughs> uh. <laughs> people needed to know. Oh, and he has his phone in his hands. Oh, my God. All right. Well, um, <laughs> all right. So what else? So I obviously have been talking about the third, the fourth turning a little bit. Um, I guess I just used the book, essentially, to put some predictions on the board. I mean, first of all, first of all, I said the first turning begins. That's 10 years from now. Old boomers are out of the political picture, but th- that's obvious because old boomers will be kind of too old. Uh, young boomers will still be around in, uh, in, in, in 10 years. It's not that they, they'll be all dead, but, um, you know, uh, at some point when you're in your late 80s, early 90s, I mean, how many, how many people are going to remain in politics? Apparently everybody, but, you know, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, 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 we don't know that. Um, so... The idea is, okay, politics is going to be less violent and cantankerous in the 2030s than in the 2010s and 2020s, just because of that Strauss-Howe uh, theory. Um, and then where's our f- fourth turning war? I think we're in it. I don't think it's going to be called World War III. Um, it seems to be like more of a global proxy war, where all of the problem spots around the world um, start to erupt uh, at once uh, with uh, various proxies on either side uh, aiding uh, aiding these uh, the, the, these local conflicts, and so I am a little worried that this could spread to many more places. And you know, how does it end? Does it end in in a global conflict, or does it end when they all burn themselves out? Um, it, it is pessimistic, but compared to the the total war or that sometimes occurs in fourth turning or, or nuclear war. It, it's not, it's not as bad, I suppose. Uh, but, um, but, but we, we are it's, in a global it's proxy. Cold war. Comfort. Yeah. We are in a global proxy war of, of sorts, I think. And it's, um, it's disturbing. I mean, un- unless the history of the decade is, Hey, you had a couple of wars break out and problem spots around the world, but it was really localized to those two places. And, even though it was set up by proxies that have other places with with similar with with other international interests, I didn't really spread out from there. I find that hard to believe that that's the that that's the that's going to be how the story plays out. So um, it's very concerning, Aaron. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, we f- I feel safe here in New England, but you never know. For now, yeah, yeah. All right, 
You have a good 10-year prediction. I like this. Permanent lunar presence established. Tell me about this lunar presence because man has not been back on the moon since, what, the 70s? Yeah, I was going to say, was it 71, 72? It was, it was early 70s was, uh, the, was Apollo 17, which I believe was the last one. What is the, are there any plans to send human beings to the moon uh, in the next few years? Yes. So, so the Artemis missions, uh, and, and I'd have to recheck where, where the current timeline is, uh, but uh, they're, they're looking uh, to, to have uh, a uh, crewed, I can't say manned, because uh, I, I believe uh, it is explicitly included in their mission statement that uh, they will land the first woman on the moon, uh, but a crewed mission to the moon um, also in that mission statement is the first person of color on the moon. Uh, but, uh, they're, they're looking to put a, a three person crew, uh, on the surface of the moon. Um, so they've got a command module, they've got the rockets, uh, and, uh, currently they are in the process of, uh, figuring out the lander. Okay. Uh, and, and, uh, our, our friend Elon, uh, is, uh, is certainly making a bid for that. Uh, I believe he is the, the, uh, the lead contender, uh, and Crazy Uncle Jeff uh, is is trying to to uh, come in second and uh, and be a, a viable alternative there. That's Bezos. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Know. So so SpaceX is is I because believe I think, the, the primary crazy... selected and uh, and Blue Origin is uh, I I'd have to double check where the the current status of things are, but they're they're certainly pursuing as if uh, they're they're going to have a, a lunar lander. Option. I got confused because cr- I think Crazy Uncle Jeff is who you used as the bookstore. That's not yes. Amazon. No, no, that that is Amazon. It, oh. was, it was the not the not Barnes and Noble. Oh, I thought Crazy, you, Crazy I, Uncle I, Jeff's I, online book emporium. Yeah, I, I I did not pick that up. I thought you meant some like podunk uh, guy. Uh, no, I, selling I, on eBay. I, I think I may have stolen that turn of phrase from uh, from author Marco Clouse. Uh, okay, okay. Clouse, close. I, uh, so, I apologize for the mispronunciation. Okay, so so when are they trying to? Uh, uh, first of all, a moon landing is going to be so cool for well, Gen and, X and, and, and the and millennial notice, generation I said permanent, and Gen Z. Like this is going to be a defining moment because we've never seen a moon landing. You'll notice that I said permanent lunar presence. I didn't say permanent American lunar presence because mm. we're not the only ones in play there. Um, there, there are uh, quite a few other countries that are that are looking to uh, at least put uh, uh, additional robotic presence on the moon. Um, but, but I think a big piece of it is is that if we go back, uh, the the point of going back right now is to uh, level up our our presence in space and the ability to uh, have long term footholds. So, you know, we've got the International Space Station. The next step is going to be uh, a a surface base on another. Uh, another celestial body uh, in preparation for uh, so that we could go to a Mars in the future. So how, but so how does this happen by 2033? Because, you know, so realistically this Artemis program, did you give a year? I, 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 I did not say it out loud because yeah. uh, they, they really wanted to have, uh, I, I think they wanted to have the first mission in 2024. Um, but, but I don't know that they're on track for that. Okay. So, so, it, it, it must be that, that for this to come true, uh, the Artemis mission or something like it from, from another country has to succeed, correct? Yep. And then once it succeeds, that permanent lunar presence, it, it has to lead to a permanent lunar presence rather quickly. Like they can't just be like, okay, we'll come back in another five years because then this prediction uh, uh, fades, right? So how... so. Is that the goal of of Artemis to to establish something permanent? I so I I believe so. Um, there's I, I I'd have to double check what the what the uh, the the mission timelines there are. But my my understanding is that the 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 point of going there and for designing a new lunar lander is not so that we can go once touch down and say we did it and maybe bring back some rocks right um it it's it's absolutely so that uh we can uh land a habitat uh figure out what what is involved in building sustaining you know maintaining expanding a habitat um and, but but be able to do it you know 3 days away rather than uh you know, a, a two-year trip away. Imagine um, seeing like live streams from the moon and seeing um, 
you know, basically newscasts yeah. well, from the moon and, and, and interviews. And whether or not the moon can be used, you know, people have talked, well, well there's there's helium-3, we can use it as a gas station for the trip to Mars. What, whether or not that makes sense in terms of logistics, uh, being able to establish a track record of the 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 cadence of launches for you know supply and transit and and build up that would be necessary for something uh at at a much longer uh interval uh to to be able to do that in a relatively near earth orbit uh setting is is going to be a a a big milestone because you, you there's there's a lot less margin for error and, and room to learn uh, when you put people on Mars. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I, I think that is a, a very optimistic um, uh, a prediction. Um, that would be that would be really cool if that happens. Imagine imagine the local maximum episodes we can make out of it. All right. I yeah, think. Yeah. So so uh, and I don't know if these numbers are uh, current or not, but. Uh, they're looking at the Artemis II mission for November of 2024, which would be manned but not landing. Um, so that would be like uh, your your uh, was it uh, Apollo eight? Was that the one that that went around the moon but didn't mm-hmm. land? Um, and and but it then, would stay there. Uh, well, no. So 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 the 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 Artemis II mission would basically be a dry run. Okay. Um, they they'd go out to the moon. They'd go around it. Um, they've already had the Artemis one mission, but it was an un uncrewed mission. Um, so, so Artemis two would be the first time that they're putting real, real astronauts, uh, in the vehicle and, and putting it through his tests. And then, uh, December of 2025 is when they're scheduled for the, the first actual lunar landing. Wow. These things tend to get pushed out though, don't they? Uh, they, they do. Um, well, the other interesting thing is the, is the duration on some of these. So, uh, a, you know the the Apollo missions. It was you know roughly three days out, three days back, and then you spend uh, you know maybe a day uh, uh, or and and change on the surface. Uh, but they're looking at for for this Artemis three uh, with the landing uh, a thirty day mission. Um, so they're they're not they're not just going and leaving. They're they're touching down and they're going to be doing substantial work. Uh, presumably part of that as as uh, uh, the the effort to. I, I kind of uh, a presence there. I, I feel like we could do a whole show on this, but I'm kind of interested. Well, what is there to do on the moon? I mean, like you land there, you look around, it's a bunch of gray rocks. It's like, okay, uh, but, what well, do we do for 30 days? You got to find the water. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, and once you find the water, then you can uh, start setting up infrastructure to turn that water into power. Interesting. Interesting. All right, we, we've got to talk more about that. All right, I think we're I think we're good on the show today. Do you have any predictions for us? Localmaxradio at gmail.com or join the locals uh, maximum.locals.com. We'd like to hear from you. All right. Uh, any last thoughts on this episode, Aaron, before we close up shop? Uh, I'm going to throw out a parting shot. Um, so w- one of the other topics that there was a prediction or two on uh, w- was bidets. Uh, so uh, listeners, uh, yeah, let us know your thoughts on the bidet situation. I have no idea. I don't know why that, that sub-discussion, um, we, we got into that sub-discussion uh, and, and why it was related to longevity. Um, all right. Uh, definitely a lot of local stuff. I mean, I'm not going to talk about all my new map and data engineering predictions just because there's there's so many on the... Uh, you know, we've talked about it so much on the show already. So definitely check out our other episodes on that. And we'll, we'll talk about that more in the future. Uh, but um, yeah, looking forward to uh, looking forward to a lot of these, uh, some more fascinating episodes um, next week on the local maximum. I think I'm going to talk about ancient Egypt. That's going to be fun. Uh, Excellent. And look, I've, you've been, You've been teasing this one for a while, so I'm looking forward to well, it. Well, yeah, because I, I interviewed someone who who's doing like who has like a very uh, like alternative view of the ancient Egyptian timeline, and there are a lot of those uh, uh, people out there. And so I um, really wanted to figure out how to put that into context because I, I really wanted to kind of learn about the um, the 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 more you know, traditional uh, mainstream academic view on the Egyptian timeline. So I kind of wanted to educate myself as well uh, and then kind of think about how to think about this. So uh, wh- whatever you whatever you think about the uh, the ideas that, that, that are presented next week, I think it's just going to be fascinating. Um, the, the ancient Egypt is absolutely fascinating. Um, I, 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 how, how do I sell this? I think um, an, an example in, in one of the... Um, courses that I'm watching is that uh, ancient Egypt had archaeologists 
to study ancient Egypt. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> that, turtles that's all a, the way down. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, so let's call it a day and um, definitely let us know about your predictions. All right, have a great week, everyone. That's the show. To support the local maximum, sign up for exclusive content and our online community at maximum.locals.com. The Local Maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also, check out the website with show notes and additional materials at localmaxradio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to localmaxradio at gmail.com. Have a great week. Feel the power. 